It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is Dr. Wendy Walsh, and you're listening to KFI AM640, the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Half of you are glued to the screens. I am not opening up the phone lines. you got other stuff you're doing. That's what you're doing. So let me go to my social media because all week long, some of you leave DMs for me. Some of those DMs are weird too. Not you guys, not you guys, not my KFI listeners. There are other people around the world who sometimes leave weird, creepy things. That's why Kayla screens it and she looks at my DMs. Anyway, if you do want to send... Um, a relationship question in, you certainly may. You just um, go to at Dr. Wendy Walsh all over my social media. And um, reminder, I'm not a therapist. I'm a psychology professor, but I'm obsessed with the science of love. I've written three books on relationships. My dissertation was on attachment theory and I'm old and wise. I love to weigh in. Okay, here we go. Hey, Dr. Wendy, I notice him adding girls he doesn't know with provocative profile pictures on his Facebook. I had already told him that I'm not comfortable with that, yet there he continues, so I broke up with him. Now he's begging for forgiveness after deleting all the girls off his Facebook. Would I be dumb to forgive him? Well, I am a big believer in second chances. I'm also, I want all the women in the world out there to understand that when men look at pretty girls and it, or even pornography, it's no different than you going to get a pedicure. It really has very little meaning. Now, the problem with social media and especially Facebook is that it's so personal and you can send somebody a DM and start talking and then you got the slippery slope. They're not just watching somebody from afar, right? So um, should you give him another chance? It depends. How intimate are you? I mean, emotionally intimate. How can you build trust in one way or another? Can you, right? So I, I think mm, I'm a big believer in second chances. I'm going to give him one more, one more chance. And talk to why not spend some time talking about the meaning of this? What does it mean for you to have these girls? I'm not judging. I just want to understand what this experience is like for you. Like, get into it. Use it as an opportunity to get closer. All right. Hi, Dr. Wendy. I'm looking to get back on dating sites. What's the best for dating and not hookups? Well, they're all great for dating and they're all great for hookups. One dating app doesn't serve just a population of hookup people. They serve it all from people who are have open, whatever, non-monogamy and polyamorous and uh, same-sex relationships and short-term relationships and long-term relationships and hookups. The point is, you got to go on there and be who you are and be very clear about your boundaries. Stated in your profile what you're looking for, long-term relationship. And if somebody's getting all, you know, trying to get a little too forward, a little too sexy, too fast, you know what they're there for. Move along. You know, finding a good, healthy relationship is more about relationship skills than it is about being on the right dating app or in the right nightclub in my day, whatever it was. All right, moving on. What do we got next? Dear Dr. Wendy. I am looking for some Wendy wisdom. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts on going no contact? 
I feel like I can't move on from my ex. I am 100% behind going no contact. You have to understand, back in the olden days, like the 90s, when you broke up with somebody, you shifted your life so you wouldn't run into them, meaning that you went to a different dry cleaners, you went to the gym at the different time, you hung out with different friends, you did all kinds of things so you wouldn't run into them. So why are you guys watching each other's every move on social media? Like literally you have to unfollow, defriend, and yes, block. You have to. You have to change your phone number or block his number, whatever you need to do, because your your brain can't heal if you're back and forth and back and forth and you're triggered because you're seeing pictures of him with other girls or whatever. So, or her, whatever. I don't know what gender these are. I'm just throwing it out there. So, yes, you absolutely need to go no contact for at least a year. That's my Wendy wisdom opinion. All right, uh, dear Dr. Wendy, if a guy texted you six days after your date to ask how your week was, would you even respond, okay, let me explain about the time thing. In my day, we used to say that if they called or wrote too soon after a date, then they were being a little too eager. If they waited too long, then they seemed to not really care. Ah, two to four days tends to be the sweet spot for when you should check in after a first date. Six days is really pushing it. Again, no matter what it is, address it. I would say, well, I didn't hear from you all week. I was wondering why. Just put it out there. And then here, and then see how he behaves. If he doesn't text back right, like if he texts back right away, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's my mom was in the hospital and it was really hard and la, 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 la. Good story. We'll go with it. Fine. But if he waits four hours to get back to you on the text now, you know, six days and then four hours to respond to you. No, 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 no. Just give him a chance. Watch. Just watch and move off. Uh, Dear Dr. Wendy, would you block a guy if he stands you up? The first attempted scheduled date, I forgot we had plans. Oh, dear. He never texted me, so I reminded him, so I forgot the first time. Here's the second date attempt, and he's the one canceling. Should I give, let him take me out tomorrow? He says he feels sick. I almost feel like he's getting back at me for forgetting the first. You guys should stop. Don't, no, don't even. You forgot. So, obviously, if you really were interested in seeing this guy, You know what? If Taylor was interested in seeing Travis Kelsey, she's not going to forget to show up at the first date. So that tells me you're not so into him. Now it's the second date and he's blowing you off. He's a little sick, whatever. In any case, um, no, move on. Find somebody else. You got to find somebody else. All right. uh, Here's another one. Dear Dr. Wendy, what are normal texting habits versus lack of interest in early dating? This is the question. The people who do not have a secure attachment style always ask, what's normal, what's right, how long, etc. There's no one rule, but it's about what feels good to you. And it also is the content of the text. If they're talking about emotional things, if they're wanting to actually see you, if it's just an endless text relationship where you don't get together on the phone or in the real world or FaceTime, then it's a fake pretend relationship. So it's about the content as much as the frequency. I would say after you've been dating a guy, if it's gone, you know, two or three dates, you're going to start checking in every day or every other day. And if he's not or you're not, then why? Because you're starting to get closer, right? And you should be talking about real stuff, 
not just did you see that movie. You really want to talk about your feelings and get authentic. You're listening to Dr. Wendy Walsh on demand from KFI AM 640. On this Super Bowl Sunday, I'm sorry, the big game. All right, there you go. Fine us. I, I made a mistake. I didn't even know how to play the game or watch the game, so I obviously can't say the name right. Uh, I am answering your social media questions. If you want to send me a question, you send me a DM. Uh, Kayla checks usually Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Wendy Walsh. All right. Dear Dr. Wendy, a few months ago, I gave my ex another chance after several years apart. He apologized. He earned back my trust, was acting super invested. And then suddenly he ended up ghosting me and hard launching his girlfriend a few weeks later. She says, I'm having a hard time coping with this and understanding why he would do this. Okay, try not to get obsessed over the why. It is less important. If you spend time analyzing him, you will drive yourself nuts. You decided to give him a second chance. You learned he's a very bad person, (laughs) inauthentic. He was dating you and someone else, obviously, at the same time. And he, he was haphazardly coming back to you while he was still searching, whatever it was. It wasn't ethically the right thing to do if you're looking for a long-term relationship. So now you know. You need to block him. You need to not look at any hard-launched girlfriend. You need to block, defriend, unfollow, all that stuff. And you need to tell yourself that you are deeply lovable, that this man is below your level, that what he did to you was cruel and unkind and wrong. And now it's your turn to find somebody who will put you up on a pedestal and completely love you. All right. Now I have a very sensitive sexual question. Dear Dr. Wendy, I've just started exploring my body and learning what I like. It takes a long time before I feel close to orgasming and I'm starting to feel defeated, like there's something wrong with me. On average, how long does it take for you to orgasm? Do you have any suggestions on how to get over a mental block? Well, I want to stop everybody right there. And then I'm assuming this is a woman. I don't know. But I'm going to go with women's sexuality. Male and female sexuality are completely different, folks. So female sexuality. First of all, a small percentage of women never, ever, ever orgasm. And that has only to do with their anatomy. Turns out, according to evolutionary psychologists and anthropologists, the clitoris is one of those vestigious organs. It's just left over like men's nipples. Some of them are sensitive. Some aren't. Some are long enough that they go inside and you could have vaginal orgasms, orgasms. Others are short, whatever. So don't, don't, I mean, I think the important thing is to not make the achievement of orgasm the most important thing. I want to say right here, I'm not a sex therapist and I highly recommend you do go to a sex therapist. I'm just talking from personal experience. Find pleasure, find time you know, where you're exploring each other's bodies or your own bodies and enjoy it. If you're putting pressure on yourself to have an orgasm, then that's a lot. You know, there was this neuroscientist who I was talking to recently and he was saying that one of the reasons that women have, some women have trouble orgasming orgasming, is that they can't relax because historically, anthropologically, men are bigger, stronger, and often dangerous. I think the uh, 
comic Louis Louis C.K. said something like, "Yeah, men are grizzly bears, and women have to go. Well, this grizzly bear looks friendly, and then they have to go and have sex with him, right?" So it is important to develop trust first. Having sex with strangers is one of the things that can cause lack of orgasm or lack of pleasure. We're not meant necessarily to have sex with strangers. So I do want to say that. Um, Okay, one more question. Dear Dr. Wendy, do you think feelings of attraction can grow? I've been on three dates with the sweetest guy who I genuinely enjoy hanging out with. We have great conversation, our energies match, but I'm not feeling the sparks. Maybe it can build. I guess looking back, the guys I felt the spark for right away turned out to be bad for me. Oh, you're so brilliant. Thank you for being so self-aware. For many, many people, when they feel that initial chemical reaction and that arousal right away, that lust, that excitement, they're walking right back to the scene of the crime from their childhood. It's like their sexual energy takes them to some painful place that's familiar. So yeah, if you're not used to being with a nice guy, it's missing that roller coaster, hang with it, okay? Oh, and also, these really sweet, nice guys tend to be really good in bed, just saying. So I would say, yes, this kind of attraction can grow. And I I definitely want you to give him a chance and learn to trust him and talk about your feelings about everything and stick it out. Might be really surprised. You're listening to Dr. Wendy Walsh on demand from KFI AM 640. I have a very special guest in the studio. Before I introduce her, I want to say a few things about the journey to self-awareness. You know, on some of my social media, I always write, all paths lead. Well, you might end that sentence with, oh, is she talking about God? All paths lead to God? Because people say that all the time. I think all paths lead to consciousness, to awareness. You know, when our very first ancient people moved, evolved from being animals to conscious, aware humanoids, There was a time of, wow, I am somebody. Who am I? How am I connected to others? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? This is called awareness. Some of you listening might have come from a very secure family where you were given love. You were given the attention that you deserved. You were given words for your feelings. And so it is hard for you to imagine That for, I don't even want to guess what percentage of people, but a good chunk, maybe even half, I'm making this up, but maybe even half, had childhoods that were filled with sadness, longing, abuse, criticism. And for many of those people, they have very few memories because our brain is so powerful. It knows when to just block out stuff that's painful. When I myself entered therapy, I don't want to say how many years ago, but I've been in therapy on and off for ooh, uh, 18 years. My first thing was getting out of what I would call then my performance personality, right? Because I worked in television and instead getting to authenticity, knowing that it's okay to be real and human. And that process involved going back into my childhood with a fine-tooth comb and looking at myself in a different way, forgiving myself. You know, children blame themselves. That's one of the reasons they block a lot of stuff. They think it was somehow their fault. But instead, I learned that things were done to me, 
But that doesn't mean I couldn't forgive the people who did those things to me because that's part of growth and part of becoming whole. So my next guest is the author of a book called Hidden Memories. Discover what's blocking you from life and love. Her name is Melissa Osorio. Hello, Melissa. Welcome. Hi, Wendy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So tell me about your life. I know you're from Venezuela. Did you grow up there your whole life? I was there until I turned 16 years old. And then I came to pursue the American dream. Uh, I, moved to, I moved to the U.S. and uh, focused on, on life here, being successful, being an entrepreneur most of my life. And when you were growing up, what was your life like? I assume you have some childhood memories now that you can tell us what your family of origin was like. Yeah, so I had a, a large family. We were five and uh, we were a wealthy family, a successful dad, a beautiful mom. Uh, however, we lived in a country that was deeply dangerous. So my childhood was not a normal childhood. I was never allowed to walk on the streets or ride a bicycle. So the first time I actually walked the streets with my dog was when I was 16 and I moved to Miami. Wow. I know. My boyfriend Julio calls it fortress living. Yes. One time we were walking around Santo Domingo in Dominican Republic, and I could see these tall walls with beautiful mansions behind. I'm like, what are, what's behind there? And the little security guards sitting out. He goes, yeah, that's how a lot of people live in the Caribbean. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it's not only the physical blockages that, that create, the, the danger creates, but also the families become really enclosed. So as so many families, it's almost like you never know what's really going on inside those houses. Whoa, what a thought, right? Very enmeshed families. So at a certain point, you came to realize, and how old were you when you had this realization? that you had very few childhood memories. First of all, what did you mem remember about your childhood as a young adult? So I only remember little snippets of memories. Uh, and the, the memories were really photos that I had seen from my family, adventures and whatnot. So I knew I didn't have memories. And I even talked to my mom about it a couple of times and said, Mom, isn't it strange that I don't have memories? And then we, won't, we wouldn't have an explanation. We weren't really versed on mental health. So to us, it was just like, oh, we shrug our shoulders and moved on to another subject. And did your siblings try to fill in the blanks? I know I have arguments with my siblings sometimes about what happened in our childhood because they have such different experiences and perspectives. And I'll go, no, 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 that didn't happen that way, right? What, what were they trying to do as, as far as filling in the blanks? Well, that's the interesting part. Our house was so turbulent. However, um, I wouldn't allow anyone to tell me anything about my childhood that was going against what I wanted to believe. Mm -hmm. So I believed I had a happy childhood. Like so many people, we believe if something bad will have happened, I will remember it. And it's the opposite. Exactly. The brain protects itself by disguising trauma. You know, this is one of the, the miracles of our brain is it figures out we don't need to hold that. But here's the thing. Sadly, those uh, narratives disappear, but the feelings stay there. They stay buried in the bones and they guide behavior. What behaviors did you notice about yourself where you said, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Right. And, and that's also so um, interesting that we go, most humans, we go through our lives not questioning our behaviors and our patterns. We just assume that's who we are. We're broken. We're not good enough. We, we're ashamed of ourselves. So I, will, I noticed behaviors throughout my life, but never questioned them. So I was completely disconnected from my emotions. I will look at my hand and I wonder if I even loved five people. And I couldn't tell for sure if I loved my mother. But I never questioned it. I just thought there was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. In my marriage, I had a stepson, beautiful, beautiful little boy, 
perfect little child and I could not love him. So that I just took it upon myself to feel I, I didn't even have a maternal instinct. I'm seriously broken. Like, what's wrong with me as a woman? And in intimacy, there were blockages as well. Like, there was a disconnection between my mind and my body. So I just felt inadequate in all areas of my life. Yeah, you know, there are plenty of people out there, Melissa, who have had sexual trauma as children, and they can only engage in physical intimacy if they're under the influence of alcohol or drugs as an adult, because they want to let their body take over and shut off their mind because they don't want to be triggered by something that could have happened. So what was the very beginning of you starting to have an awareness? So when I turned 33 years old, I decided to leave my marriage and I went on to a quest. I went to Tony Robbins, which was like the beginning of my understanding and like digging deeper into myself. Uh, but I kept on spiraling down alcohol and just destructive behaviors. And finally, when I was 36 years old, I reached a bottom. I was drinking so much. I was isolating myself. And in that bottom, I decided I needed to do something different. So I decided to fly down to Costa Rica because I had heard some of my friends talk about this place where uh, they gave something, a medicine to heal your heart. And I was heartbroken. So I figured that was a good place to start. You're listening to Dr. Wendy Walsh on demand from KFI AM 640. Her book is called Hidden Memories. Remember that title, Hidden Memories. Discover what's blocking you from life and love. All right. When we left your story, you had had a wealthy, though cloistered life in Venezuela, uh, a marriage, problems with relationships and connecting, um, a lot of memories from your childhood that did not exist. So you head down to Costa Rica in your 30s to try this drug. Tell me about this experience. Yeah, so I went down there uh, and I drank a substance called ayahuasca. It's a plant medicine that has been used for millennia for medicinal purposes. It's still not legal in the U.S., but it's legal down there. And uh, on my third ayahuasca treatment, um, something happened. I started to recover my memories. And at first, they came as a flash of memories. And the, the interesting part, and it's so hard to put into words, is in that instant, Every cell in my body remembered. We, I carried the truth in my body and in my psyche, but my brain struggled to catch up. So the memories revealed uh, a very troubled childhood. It revealed um, 13 years of incest, oh. of sexual abuse by my father, oh, no. who had been murdered when I was 16. And when, when a parent dies, it often we place that pattern in, in a pedestal. Um, and it was heart shattering for me to start to recover those memories. However, it gave me the chance to be literally to die and be reborn in that instance because I was able to rebuild myself from a place of experience and with new coping and healthy coping mechanisms to be able to become the person that I was always meant to be before any of these experiences happen. So if I understand it correctly, using this uh, medicine, drug, plant material, you were able to recover these memories because under the influence of it, you felt safe and could tolerate them? Yeah, so what ayahuasca does is the opposite in the brain that trauma, what trauma does. So when you're in a traumatic episode, your fear center takes over and your rational brain and your memory centers, they kind of shut down. So these substances are 
doing the opposite. They are decreasing the fear activity in your mind and reconnecting your memory with your rational brain. So you're able to recover memories or think about um, past experiences that have been really difficult with a safety net around you, but also you're now an adult. So you're able to process these experiences differently than when you were a little child or when you were a teenager. So once you recovered these memories, what did you do with them? Well, at first, um, I was shocked and I went on a, on a quest for healing. So I, I moved to countries around the world and drink, drank different medicines that were helping me. Each treatment was revealing more and more disturbing memories. And the story is all laid out really beautifully in the book because with each treatment, even though I was recovering memories that were traumatic, I wasn't being re-traumatized by them. I was being able to process those emotions that were stuck in my brain and my body before. So in this journey, I thought I was trying to save myself. And at some point I realized that I'm not that unique. I'm not the only person this has happened to. This is happening right now to millions of people worldwide, if not billions of people. They're under the effects of trauma they cannot remember that is really on the driver's seats of their lives. So when I realized of all of this, I decided to put my story in a book. I decided to put it in writing. And at first I wrote it. Um, wishing that the 25-year-old me will have read it. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that it will really resonate with anybody that has gone through childhood because the severity and the nature of the trauma is not what's important. Our traumas can be different. What's important is how we individually process those traumas. So our ability, our age. So basically the, the, the way the story is laid out is so anybody can identify it. And the main purpose of the story is for people to question their behaviors, to question their emotions, and to question their reactions, the things that they cannot explain, for people to wake up and come out of autopilot in their lives and shift the question from what's wrong with me to what happened to me. Right. And what can I do with that experience now? Um, did you do any talk therapy and traditional psychotherapy? Because you speak the language of psychotherapy. I did not do uh, talk therapy. However, in the centers that I went to, they have something called integration, which is you go through your experiences and then you have group therapies. Mm -hmm. So you have therapies where you talk about your experience. And then, of course, as I came home, I will be uh, looking for the things that resonated with my soul. So whether it's time in nature, meditation, yoga, physical activity, we're all looking for, for the things that, that make us feel alive and at peace. And where are you now? So I live, in, <laughs> I, I live in San Diego, which allows me to really have a, a beautiful, uh, calm place to be in. So in my journey right now, I'm just in the stage where I'm just so grateful that my life is completely different than what it used to be. I, I love myself. I love the people around me. I have a beautiful relationship with my stepson. And it's an honor for me to have been able to write this book and to share it with other people. The value of the book, this is the biggest treasure that I bring from this journey is this book. And to be able to share it is what brings the value to me of, of the book and the writings. And how has this journey changed your ability to relate to others, your relationships? Oh, it's, it's changed completely from being a person that didn't have any friends at all until I was 36 years old, unable to uh, love people, to communicate, to open up, to now being able to tell my entire life story to whoever wants to read it and being surrounded by 
by people that love me and my family included. Like our family unit has come together um, because we have learned to uh, be more compassionate and kind within ourselves and other, also with others. So it's a full transformation of our reality in, in just two short years. You know, you said something earlier, and we have to go, I'm so sorry, but the, the time constraints on radio, but uh, you said something earlier, which I wasn't sure if you misspoke, but it was brilliant. You said, for anyone who has gone through childhood, and I thought, well, maybe she meant has gone through trauma in her childhood. No. But then I realized the very act of going from 100% dependent newborn to completely independent, fully functioning adult is a painful experience. Correct. It is one of separation from primary attachment figures. It is one of learning how to uh, relate to others and become a member of a tribe. It is about learning how to face our faults and also be proud of what we're good at and encompass all those feelings. And it can be a painful journey. So even if there wasn't, I know your story is seriously traumatic, but there are other people who might read it and go, wow, I should go on this journey to explore my childhood. Yeah, and there is people that will read it and question their own brains and question exactly. if there is something there that they need to look at. Exactly. Thank you so much for being with us. The author is Melissa Osorio. The book is called Hidden Memories. I'm sure they can get it anywhere online. Right? Amazon and Audible, and I narrate it in Audible. Oh, you do? Yes. With your beautiful accent. Lovely. Uh, it's called Hidden Memories. Discover what's blocking you from life and love. Melissa, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. You've been listening to Dr. Wendy Walsh. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640 from 7 to 9 p.m. on Sunday and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.